Hello guys and welcome to another episode of the Profit Profile Podcast from your host Chris Fosser, the Profile Guy. Super excited to actually present this episode to you because it's really a great interview with my dear friend Mr. Sam Wall and it's been a long time coming guys. I've had other episodes where I've interviewed many different people but Sam is a unique and a very special person because one he's humble two he he really applies himself in many different ways and he is a true entrepreneur so guys you were going to learn how he's taken his profile to where it is right now where he travels the world share his passion with others created a product range has won international awards and also worked at the backstage of of london fashion week he's been an ambassador for brands but you want to learn how he's done that and you want to be inspired by him because he is truly and really a gentleman within the industry now guys i'm going to shoot off because you're going to listen up to mr sam wall as he introduces himself and as he shares his story with you guys. So listeners, I'm super excited and those people watching the video possibly, super excited to invite Sam Wall and um, Sam Wall is a dear friend, a super talented guy and I want you guys to listen to his story because you guys are going to be inspired by this man okay and uh really and truly um i'm gonna go dive straight in and and just go into sam explain to me your journey i know you started in the industry a little bit later than most why did you start the journey of hairdressing barbering so late in your in the in the age game yeah, uh, twenty. Thank you for the introduction, Chris, um, and thank you for having me. First of all, um, I was twenty-two when I started, um, and it all came about when I was travelling around Australia for a year. So the reason I went travelling was because oh, actually, I that's was not too late. Twenty-two is not too late, um, actually. It's not. <laughs> no, it felt it felt late because I went from earning a lot of money. To, I was a, as a personal trainer, and then well, and then I tried salesman's and uh, salesman selling water, and I was earning good money uh so then to go from that to then uh a trainee a junior 400 pound a month um at 22 it was was at the time but uh it all started when i went traveling because i I, um didn't know really what i wanted to do and i just thought i'd take a gap year out and go around australia for a year so it was an amazing trip and then this random guy in a hostel i think it was in brisbane actually uh cut my hair and he earned he charged me $10 and I was really struggling for work out there. At the time. Um, and I just thought amazing. How easy would that be to uh, pick up a pair of scissors and comb, travel the world experience and earn money in hostels. Well, that was the initial idea. Um, I'm, it wasn't as easy as I, as I thought it would be obviously training. Um, and then my first passion was travel. And then I realized that my main passion would then be hair. So I kind of fell into it that way. So um, those people don't know uh, your journey. You now work in Newcastle, but you actually travel to Newcastle. Tell us about the thought process of doing that. Why would you be around 
southeast of London or around the southeast and then move up to Newcastle? What opportunities allowed you to, one, see that as a place that you can settle down and, and grow your, your business and grow your profile? Why go, go there? Well, it was a bit of um, fate, really. Um, and I trained in a uh, salon in my home village called Lucas Hair when I come back and um, it was a friend of mine and Annie and, and Mitch, they were actually, uh, Mitch is uh, the MD for Goldwell and KMS in Mayfair, London. So they were kind enough to take me on um, and help me train. And then every salon I kind of managed to run a column, I wanted to experience different things and I didn't really know where I was going to end. I just kept moving to different salons, uh, working my way up, getting to know the managers, seeing how the salons worked. Uh, um, in hairdressing, colouring, doing ladies, the blow dries. And after, I think it must have been about three years um, after studying the ladies' hair side, hairdressing side of it, I decided that I really wanted to focus on men's. I had a natural flair for men's, didn't really enjoy the colouring as much. Plus, I was allergic. Everyone thinks that I just use it as an excuse, not the colour, but um, <laughs> it was my get-out clause for not colouring. So yeah, went into then I moved to Seven Oaks um, and worked with a, a guy that I think we both know very well, Alan Jones, who was really my first uh, mentor in in barbering and male grooming, and he taught me pretty much the, uh, a lot from the beginning. Really, it was like starting again because you don't realise how different uh, female is cut into men's, um, and then again didn't really know where I was going to head end up, and and I had a, a, a bit of personal trouble. Uh, in, in my life around to 26 they were they were three years that were quite difficult and challenging on a personal level and my dad's a jewelry originally so he just said go have a break to your auntie go and take a break for two weeks three weeks and just get your head together and see what you wanted to do and I move I, I come up with my auntie for them for them couple of weeks with only a, a, a suitcase and the clothes on my back uh, and I never went home and mum still to this day, five years later, is saying, when are you coming home? I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So it was just, it was just a, bit of, a, a bit of faith, really. And, and, yeah, just kind of I believe the path was, was, was made for me to, to, to be up here. And as soon as I was up here, then two, three weeks, I think maybe because I was, I was probably looking back, probably running away from a few things. But that actually worked out in, in a massive, massive favour. So, yeah, just a fresh start at the age of... I think I was 25, 26 when I moved up here. So just a fresh start um, and uh, it's paid dividends. So really lucky, well, really. You know what? Honest, I, so. think, I think that flies in the face of what most people think, that uh, a very successful career in the hair industry, you have to be London-centric. And for you to can't go in reverse, it kind of flies in the face of people's obstacles for thinking, oh, this is it. This is all I've got. This is all I'm going to achieve. Um, I'm gonna. This is my lot. And I think that's what I find very inspirational about your story versus what most people think. Okay, you live in around London. Oh, it's okay for you, and you haven't done that. Well, I, I, I looking back, I actually think the competition in London is a lot fierce. It's a lot more um, brutal, really, uh, cutthroat. I found it not easier, but because it's a smaller place up here, it was easier to make a name for yourself or get noticed. Um, especially, I think, the accent for me and, and being from Kent, a lot of people 
liked the fact that I was a Southerner. I've come into Newcastle trying it out. Um, and yeah, I think I found it a lot easier to be, to start off as a, a bigger fish in a smaller pond as such. Um, and then all of a sudden, because I kind of was doing well in Newcastle, then I was attracting the likes of yourself from London. And it really kind of, it was like back to front. But all the time I was in London, I was knocking on doors and I couldn't get noticed. So I think it, Newcastle allowed me to build or the start of building my brand. And then a lot of, it got a lot of people's attention. Oh, where is he based? Oh, he's in Newcastle. And then when they heard the accent, they're like, well, you're not from Newcastle. So it can't really worked in my favour, really, to be honest, without actually unintentionally doing it. It just it just seemed to just seemed to happen. So tell me about those knocking on doors years. What was that like? You know, obviously trying to get a name in the industry, trying to get somewhere um, and having these dreams, but not get being able to find an avenue to achieve. And what was that being? What was that like for you? It was frustrating. Again, I think it was more frustrating because I didn't really know what I wanted. I didn't was. I, w I moved to Newcastle because I was a little bit lost. So I didn't actually get my I didn't actually get my shit together until I was twenty seven. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear a sugar together, shall I say. Um until I was twenty seven, uh when I moved up here and so really I've only been doing it four years because I, I only started taking it seriously at, at once I moved here, but even the first year of being up here, I was working for someone and wasn't self-employed. So it's probably three and a half coming up to four years now. Um, and like I say, I only had the clothes on my back. So it was really difficult. Um, but once I started to figure out who I was, what I wanted, where I wanted to go, that started to help look for certain opportunities. Um, I think MK it was actually one of the main guys that gave me the first bit of advice ever. And he said, Sam, make a mood board. He said, sit down and make a mood board. Not about hair, about everything you like, about interior design, about houses, about weather, about places, about hotels, about everything, right? Everything you like. And then you start to realize your your type, your your style. And I started to realize that my style was very minimalistic. Once I understand myself, then I, that, I could translate that into the hair world. And then you can then focus on what kind of people that suit your style. And then that's when I think the big break um, was when I, when I applied for the FOSS Creative and the FOSS role, um, FOSS Academy role. And then that's, that, was, that was the lucky break, really. But it was very frustrating before that. It was, it was tiring. I was putting a lot of money in, a lot of time in. And I, I was kind of kind of wasting a lot of time and energy because I didn't know who I was and I was trying to do stuff and trying to not necessarily copy, but I was looking at other people. And the more I saw, I, I, I watched them on Instagram, I, I, my work kind of, in, in like, there were similarities in my work. And again, a, a good friend of mine, Kevin, um, I've known him since I was 16. He rang me up. He said, what are you doing? He said, this is not you. And he said, unfollow everyone. He said, stop following people. Just do you. So I unfollowed a, a, a quite a few hairdressers and barbers. And still to this day, I don't really follow too many. I don't really like to see what other people are up to because I do feel it had an effect on me. But once I, once I figured out who I was and what I was about, then everything else seemed to fall in and it helped my hairdressing career massively.
Mm, that's amazing. I think that's so important that um, in our in our world that we follow so much and we always look in someone else's lane. Um, and that is fatal for our own peace of mind, our own mental health. Um, and it, we, we do come a cropper because of that. I mean, be inspired, but don't be kind of railroaded by what other people are doing, where they are in their career. Everyone's got their own pace. It takes time. It takes yeah. time to become yeah. successful in the industry. Um, and I, I just, so I just amazed them. Someone said to me once, they said, Sam, they said, um, if you want to build the biggest building in the city, don't concentrate on knocking the biggest building down. He said, they said, find space to build the biggest building and don't worry about the competition because there's room for everyone. And that really kind of struck home because a lot of people do look at others or, or and not bring them down, but, but compare and compete. And it's not just find a whole little, little space and just concentrate on your own game and, and do it for you. Amazing, amazing. So tell me about um, the idea of building your profile. I mean, now you've you've taken a few steps. So, you know, I've had the pleasure of work with you, doing some stage work and, and you know, working together um, in just, just bringing some, some ideas to you and you've just gone off and, and taken some great strides. Now, building a profile, what has that done to attract brands to you? And I know you work very closely with different uh, things like mental health. How has that helped your, uh, help you to find your voice in these other avenues? So again, building the brand, I, I kind of was doing it unintentionally without realizing um, until I kind of come a, a, um, aboard with yourself and then learning the different, I mean, I remember being on stage the first time with you, I was I couldn't even talk. You had to take the microphone off me. And I kind of just thought, you've got a choice here. You kind of either um, work harder at your weaknesses um, and figure out exactly um, what your weaknesses are, or you kind of the carpet and, and, and for example, if, if I'm probably going off track here a little bit, but um, if, we, we always, it's too easy to blame other people. So, so if you're in school and you get detention, it's the teacher's fault. If you're get grounded, it's your parents' fault. If you get, lose a job, it's your, your boss's fault. And, and I just thought, no, I'm, I'm not using excuses no more. Cause that's what I was doing. Look in the mirror, focus on you. And then the brand, I think that's where, I think that's where that's what really helped me build my own brand because it's authentic. It's my brand. It's to me. Um, so I really kind of looked at my weaknesses, where I was going wrong, and it's hard to look in the mirror and go, "You messed up," or, or "You're doing something wrong." Change it. Um, and then once you do that, then it took me like I, I know a lot of people know I work with American Crew. Um, I've recently left them in the summer, um, but it took me about four years to get their attention. And it was just tagging them in Instagram posts. Um, but again, I, I, that was my style. So you, I had to figure out who I was to get that brand's attention. There's no point in me going for Uppercut, for example, because Uppercut's not really my style. It's very slick and skin fades and bikery, whereas American Crew was a lot more loose, classic, longer looks. Um, so again, when you're building, you want to be attracting the type of um, bigger companies that, that that match your style 
And once you know your style, then you can tag them in Facebook or, or Instagram and things like that and then grow from there. Um, again, with the Lions Barbers Collective, I, it's a really, really close subject to my heart. As I say, I struggled for 23 to 26, three years there, had a difficult time. Um, and now I'm in a position to to help give back. Um, and I only choose brands that I believe in. I only choose brands that suit me. I don't I would never want to choose a brand that I didn't believe in or that I, I didn't kind of have a connection with um, because I, it's all about feeling for me and, and my brand is, is, is very personal. So I want to be able to work with, with companies that benefit both of us and, and, and have that connection. Um, and I have a little bit of faith now that, again, I've, uh, patience was another key as well when building a brand. Because if you don't have patience, that's that's one thing. That's the biggest thing I think I've learned is patience. Mm. So um, and I think just, everyone now. Go. If you were to describe, no, sorry. if you were to describe your brand, um, and the whole brand building process, because you've rebranded or you branded yourself, Mister Sam War. Now, what was the idea of branding yourself that way, and what? Uh, tips can you maybe give our listeners or viewers who are watching this to help them to to get into that space of knowing exactly who they are and how to brand their and, and create that concept for themselves so you know the mr samuel brand actually just come along again because of my name and looking back now i probably would have changed it a little bit it worked really well and it works really well because people want to know who you are and people buy from people so there, there's that brand they know as Sam Wall. But I see Mr. Sam Wall as a brand and Sam Wall as a person completely different. But the branding is very similar to my name, obviously, because it is my name. Mm -hmm. So looking back now, I probably would have, and eventually I, my, one of my aims is to probably change the branding, maybe come up with a logo so it's not so close because I do want to create a divide for my brand to me as a person. But so far it's worked because obviously people know who I am and, and they, they, they come into the studio for haircuts for me. Um, so I think there's a very fine line between building a brand for yourself and building a brand. And you've got to ask yourself, why are you doing it? And there's people out there that want to completely have, that want to have that connection and, 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 and do it together, which is fine. But I think I need, uh, I think for me, I, my biggest inspiration is Banksy. No one knows who he is. So it's very hard to be, be successful. Um, or Daft Punk or another one because they're very successful, but no one knows who they are. Oh, you're they talking about the persona. Yeah, yeah I've got you. The, yes, the, yes. the persona. Yeah. 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 So um, it was it's, it's very hard. And that's, I like, yeah, and, and where my brand is, Mr. Sam Wall, I, I want to make, I try not to make sure it's not about me, it's about my work. And that's where I try to build a brand. And I think that's where I probably, looking back, would have changed the Mr. Sam Wall brand a little bit, but it's worked in my favour so far. Uh, I'm just going to keep rolling with it. There's no, there's no plans to change it as of yet. But yeah, I'm very cautious of that because I want it to be about my work and not about my name. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, I think one of the tips that I would give people to keep it separate. Right. Okay. Well, you know what? I, I if I was to break down, um, and I, I, you know, I love coaching people. The passion I have is to help people 
to navigate that whole process of building a profile. And if I was to break down and look at your the things that you did to create your profile, I'm going to just do, do a quick map. Um, a couple of things you uh, and admire for you for doing. And one is creating a brand. And brand is so important because we all buy from brands. And the clearer the brand is in this communication, the more authentic we feel very, we feel connected to brands. And, uh, you know, it's clean, it's, it's clever, it's, um, and the product range, I want to talk about that as well. So we're going to talk about the product range as well. But uh, that was amazing. The other thing that I, I found that you did very well, Sam, was to actually start blogging and writing. Um, so maybe you don't realize that, but that is one of the top strategies of building a profile. So does, is that something that you came to see stumble across or stumble upon, excuse me, or was it something intentionally that you wanted to start writing for magazines? Yeah, again, I always used to love English in school. Um, and again, I, I'm sitting here, Chris, now, and I'll be honest with you, I don't even know how I've got here, to be fair, because I do everything on gut feeling. Right, and, Dude, and, and can I just say, can unintentional. I just say, it is right. unintentional. I'm just like, I, I go with a right. gut feeling. I teach <laughs> this, right, and you are doing textbook <laughs> stuff, right, and you don't realise. Right. I, 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 I just, this. I've been doing it for 26. Six years, and I, I know the textbook way of doing things. You're doing all the right things. <laughs> I just go on gut feeling, and I'm just like, damn, I've got this idea. I'm going to roll with it, and I and I jump. I just jump off the cliff without even thinking about what's at the bottom. Um, and so far, touch wood, um, it's, it's it's never failed me. And my gut feeling is, people think I'm a bit spontaneous or, or extreme. My mum always thinks um like need to live in the real world so to speak because she's just like can't keep up with my my decisions shall we say because i just i i, I make a decision and i act on it within two days that's my period is two days i have a thought and then if it doesn't come off in two days it's not going to happen and then everyone's a bit like whoa you must have been planning that for months and i'm like i don't even know no i haven't i'm just rolling with it and it's my gut feeling and i, I still have to pinch myself thinking that was lucky that that worked <laughs> um so yeah it's it's uh i feel very blessed that i have this gut feeling um and i will always always follow it always follow it i it, i think two days and then my brain starts to think and then it's the overthinking that prevents us from doing anything and that's when the fear kicks in so for me the third day is when the fear will kick in and the thought process will will hold me back so i need to make a decision on that gut feeling within two days and i always seem to do it and that comes in personal life as well whether it's it, it's many things that i've had to do make a decision quickly and everyone's oh, have you thought about this but i don't i just go on gut and that's mm. where it's a bit ballsy i guess i've mm. got a big pair of still like i say it's 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 knowing knowing yourself enough to just say you know, because what's what that's what happens. We overthink it, think about things too much, and sometimes we just have to. And I think that's the creative side of things kicking in, where you're just going for it and then figure it out later. But I think like, in life, sometimes you just have to go with it and say, you know what, I am just going to do this. I've thought about it, and whatever happens, let's swim rather than sink. Kisses, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we well, have to. You have to. It's, it's like if I, I mean, I used to leave jobs um without having anything backed up i used to go home to my mum and be like mum i've quit and she's like well you got what are you gonna do and i was like i don't know but yeah i have to throw myself in the deep end 
because if I just stay with that job and then try and find another job, I'm not going to be as motivated. So I'm all or nothing. I'm an all or nothing kind of guy, and I have to just jump and then mm. figure it out halfway down. And so far, I've always my sister again. She says you're that type of guy that always falls in sh- sh- shit and comes up smelling of roses. Sorry for keep swearing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people um, are yeah, it's, it's, You're okay. <laughs> I think I, you know what um, I, I think the other the other the other jump that you did was the product range um and I'm sure you must did more than two days of thinking about this so let's explain to us how you got about or what was the process of creating your own product range again um believe it or not Chris I really I really didn't think about this and I didn't expect it. I didn't, I didn't really understand what I was signing up for, to be honest. Um, all I knew was I needed a new challenge. Um, I left American crew in, in the summer of few, about two months ago, watching, I did, I was trying out different product ranges and I love American crew. I've always, always loved American crew. So I was really struggling where to go from there or what products to get in. Um, and I was planning on still stocking American Crew, and then all of a sudden I was watching Sky when I was on it for the Lions Barbers Collective, and I noticed that I didn't have any products in the background, and it was a light bulb moment. I was like, "How cool would that be just to see a couple of Mr. Samuel products in the background of the on the TV?" And that sparked a light bulb moment. Research, and before you know it, I'm up till three o'clock in the morning for the next eight weeks designing my packaging. Um, testing out products. I think on one Saturday night, I washed my hair about 10 times with this tea tree oil and it was on fire. Um, but I tried out like, oh, it must've been about 20 different products, um, test them. And, and, and before you know it, I've kind of, I kind of knew in my head once I started designing a packaging because I knew who I was, what packaging I wanted, which was very minimalistic. Um, regarding the names, that was, um, the part of Marie's kind of genius thought process behind it, because we were in the studio and I've come Marie's up with Marie's a partner, and... correct? Marie is a, yeah, my photographer and she runs the studio, she owns the studio right. and I work closely with her, she's the photographer right. in there. Right. Uh, she's she's my best friend, like yeah. she's, she's. I mean, I think I'm creative, but her ideas are just through the roof and she, mm-hmm. she keeps mm-hmm. me going really and yeah. keeps me on the straight and narrow. <laughs> um, and yeah, she made a joke because on stage, when I'm always using boost powder, um, I always say, I'll oh, just give it a little bit of a Sammy Sprinkle. Um, and she made a joke about calling the boost powder Sammy Sprinkle. Um, and I was like, cool, imagine that. Uh, and then she wrote, unbeknownst to me, she, she decided to write down over the next few days, write down some of my quotes that I say a lot to my clients. And she's pre- presented me with this list and there's this list of all these quotes. And I thought, yeah, let's run with it. Because again, going back to building a brand, she was like, Sam, you, you can make it more, you can, it's personal, make it personal. And I was like, yeah, it needs to be personal to me. It needs to mean something to me rather than releasing a grooming. I wanted to release a, that's a touch clay. Um, the only downside to it, all these names, I've realized how much I say them now. So I've started to annoy myself because every client I've got in, I'm like, <laughs> how's that, mate? And they're like, do you want the how's that cream? I'm like, oh, God. But, um, <laughs> It's yeah, I was I was really kind of and now everyone's picked up on it. So even when I'm abroad, the yellow mate, the yellow mate is kind of taken off. Um, and everyone, like even up here, the, the accent 
Um, a lot of people comment on it, even when I'm abroad in America or, or Holland, everyone picks up on the accent. I think I've just really played on that again with, with the help of Marie and, and her idea and we just rolled with it. It took me a while to, to kind of discard quotes to use, but I've got a, a, not necessarily a second, um, a, not necessarily a second range coming out. I'll probably put a second edition of products that I'm working on and, and, and going to release in the new year. Not sure when. I don't really want to – I kind of want to underplay it a little bit um, and just roll with it again and go on my gut feeling and I'll know when the time's right to release them. But I've been – I just want to say thank you to everyone because it's been phenomenal and I really didn't expect it to take off um, as it did. And I was kind of um, a little bit – naive on the investment side of it a little bit naive on the on the time and effort that it was going to take i just had this light bulb moment i thought oh, just you know what i'll just create some products i'll release I'll, I'll sell them in the studio for my clients and put an online shop on and unbeknown to me the next eight weeks were going to be um long long nights and and a lot of stress but uh fun stress i would like to uh say it wasn't it wasn't pretty rare at stress it was it was fun stress um and yeah before you know it oh it's, it's taken off it got picked up here it, it got published in four business peer wow. people were messaging me ordering me online i wow. wasn't even ready to, to 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 i didn't even know anything about packaging and mm. i was like i'm getting these orders through well how am i gonna what am i gonna put them in to send them to them and i was like oh no so then um luckily i say luckily the products actually run out in the first two weeks wow. two and a half weeks wow my first order so luckily the orders that come through legit saying they sold out so that give me time to order them more in but also get my my stuff together and um create create the packaging and i wanted to to invest a little bit in, in the packaging so the money that i um got from the first lot of of the, the sales um, went straight back into to packaging and it's, it's cost me right. I was like you like the branding <laughs> tissue paper stickers uh, thinking it was going to be cheap but definitely not <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth it if you're going to do it uh, if you're going to do it you've got to do it properly and I'm one of yeah. them that does put everything into it so yeah finally and again I, I, I've got ideas and patience again because the boxes are not quite right I'm, I'm still testing the few new boxes out but again it's only been out a month and i kind of want everything ready and, and perfect but again it's all a learning curve so i'm happy with the boxes i'm happy with the labeling i'm happy with the the, the, the branded paper and the stickers and things but i also know that that's not it i know that there's the more i earn the more luxury the boxes are going to be and things like that but i didn't want to run before i could walk so to speak and and, uh, and i had to kind of rein it in because the money in it i was like right okay i'm, I'm actually well over but i was i think i was like 50 percent over budget so the boxes are, are good and they're good but for me wanting the the the, the luxury boxes mm. things like that i'm just gonna have to hold back a little bit because again it is it's just patience it's it's it's, it's been phenomenally well but i have a vision and sometimes it is just holding that back and, and, and learning to just oh just just slow down a little bit you you, you go it's, it's taken off you're going at a fast rate let's not get carried away but there's a thing though um if you were to overthink it and most people would say oh well uh, i don't know how to do that i'm not going to do it but sometimes you just have to it's like um uh, a, a, a video i saw with a guy called steve harvey he just said you something you just got to jump 
And then at some point, the parachute yeah, would open. Most people sit on life. They sit on that cliff and wonder what if. And they're safe. They're not going to yeah. not gonna experience anything. But you've got to jump. And then yeah. you fall. But eventually, your parachute will give you the lift that you need. Yeah. But some people just don't jump. They just say, you know what? This is the safe zone. I'm happy where I'm at. And unfortunately, I know and you know now what it means to be a little bit extra, a little bit more, give something more to get a whole lot more in return. I mean, you travel the world now, you do lots of shows, you've got a product range, you write for magazines, you are a very busy barber, hairdresser, whatever you want to call yourself. But that only happens because you took the steps to jump. Yeah, and that video, actually, that video was one of the first videos I watched. And, and it was like, the parachute won't open for your first 10 times and you'll hit the rocks and you'll be cut, you'll be bruised. Back you'll back tore out. That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. been, I mean, the last four years, it has been, I mean, it's been, at one point, I was, I put so much into the business. I was in debt. I was like, I was on, I was on my back and I was thinking I've got literally, I had like two weeks, um, before I was literally going to have to just pack it all in and, and, and go back and, 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 and then I was like, well, this can't be four years of work can't be for nothing. Cause it was like, and then I got a lucky break and, and before you know it, I was debt free in the last 18 months. I think I was eight, debt free about 18 months ago for a lucky break. And, and I just have faith now. And I have, I don't, I was then. And I think now, like nothing really stresses me out because everything seems to happen and I believe I'm a bit of a spiritualist um I believe that everything happens for a reason and and things are sent to test us um but looking back now every decision I've made everything that hasn't worked there's always been something there's a reason why it hasn't worked mm -hmm. so uh I always look for that and I'm very good at if something fails I'm very good at looking at why it's failed and it's failed for a reason. It's not a bad thing. It's failed. In fact, I love failing now because mm -hmm. I learned so much from it. As long as it's not catastrophic and I'm going to be homeless or yeah, 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 I probably will well, be doing risky moves later on in life. <laughs> potentially, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think <laughs> that's why I, think, I need people around me to keep me grounded. Yeah, I think we had a. I think we talk about uh, we we'll talk about goals a little while ago, and we were talking about you had this goal to have a you know to buy a Porsche. And, you know, you were able to fulfill that goal. What has, how has goals been effective in your life? Well, again, um, I try not to set, I used to try and set five year goals. And then I even, even goals like during the week of going to the gym three times a week. But with the lifestyle I live, I found that I was actually putting myself up for unnecessary criticism because Say, for example, clients get to the gym that day. I've let myself down because I, rather than thinking about the money I've earned or the, the clients I've cut or the achievement I've done that day, I'm thinking about not going to the gym and beating myself up. So what I've learned to do is just relax a little bit on the goal set in front. However, that doesn't mean that I haven't got a vision. Mm. So rather than trying to set goals, try and say, um, so, so for, the, for the Porsche, for example, and I remember it was a webinar with yourself as well. Um, and I, I was 20 and I said, I want to drive a Porsche by the time I'm 30. And I didn't have a clue how this was going to happen. <laughs> I didn't have a, but I remember as well speaking to you. Because I can imagine at the time, I can imagine at the time you were in my back. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, on, I was on my back. I was ringing my auntie going, man, for food. Beans, I was fed up with beans on toast. I was like, oh, I'll make some healthy food. <laughs> hot, hot noodles. Um, so I just used to go down this, this, uh, the Porsche garage in Newcastle um, and walked in. And I've always dressed smart, so they must have thought I was a little bit wealthier than I was. And come and chat to me. And I'm like, no, okay, I'm just looking. Just look. um, but then when they're not looking, just open the door and sit in it. And then I used to just sit in there and picture it. And, and just, and again, I was very lucky. I had a friend who's still a very good friend of mine. He's not in the hairdressing world. Um, he's, he's, he's a, uh, about 44 now. And I met him when I was 16, 17. And he drove a Porsche. And I was always that guy from a young age to think, I'm going to have one of them, not look at him and go, I wish I had one. And I think there's a difference with them two statements. And before you know it, I, again, looking back, pinch me moment, but I was, I got at the Porsche November last year and oh, it was two months before I turned 31. So I was like, wow, it was amazing. But there I'm a massive learning curve with that Porsche. So I also remember when I, that I knew I wanted to live on the quayside. I'm, I'm uh, obsessed with the seven bridges up here. The views around here are amazing. And I just, I didn't know where I was going to be. But I just knew, I visioned me living on the quayside. Uh, I also envisioned in a salon or a barbershop because I just, I just, it wasn't me. I wanted to be a bit more free. Um, and then all of a sudden the studio come along and an opportunity come in the studio. And I was just like, this is me. This is perfect. Again, didn't know how it just seemed to happen, but it's in my head. So I, like I say, I believe in the secret. So if we ask the universe, we, I believe we get it back. So I started in the studio, then I had to move uh, closer and I was sharing a, a room with a friend of mine. Um, he put me up again because when I moved to the studio, I had to start from scratch. So I've been in the studio two years. I had to sell the, I had a Mercedes. I had to sell the Mercedes. Um, I was walking to work. I took a massive hit on, on, on money and, and rebuild my, and that's when I actually really released my brand because I was free. But again, it just, I had to start again. So I lost about 50% of my clients when I moved over. Um, and I was thinking, right, okay, start again. Then a year later, the, the, the studios picked up really quick. So could then afford, I still without a car at this moment, but then could afford this apartment that come up that I saw on Airbnb, actually. It wasn't up for rent. So I spoke to the lot, I'll pay you a little bit more, take it off Airbnb. Um, and it's done up exactly how I would do it just because I was visioning this. And it's on Keyside. It's 30 seconds from the studio. Um, and it's just, it's just perfect. And I was like, how is this happening? But the more it happens, the more you envision stuff, the, the more you realize, why am I wasting my energy? Why am I wasting my time on negative thoughts? Because this really works. Think about stuff and we want it enough. We haven't, I haven't got a clue how I'm gonna get it, but I just have faith that I'm gonna get it. It works. And then come the Porsche. And I was like, whoa, my I've God. got everything I vision now. I was, it was really mind blowing. Hmm. And for the next eight weeks, I struggled. I had a really, really difficult next eight weeks mentally because I then felt lost on where to go next. And all my visions have come true. I'm like, right, well, I've got my dream car. I'm working in there. I'm traveling the world. Like, and then I realized actually it was then changing my shift of focus to then really just being, and I, I was never like the work content. Or contentment but i really contentment i'm finally at 
and I'm at inner peace because anything other anything on top of this now is a bonus and the reason I struggled for the eight weeks was because I felt lost where do I go now for where and it was just like whoa Sam chill out enjoy what's in front of you take it back enjoy the breakfast that you're eating enjoy the taste of it don't think don't slow down a little bit slow your thought process down you've achieved this you've been up here four years just enjoy it now anything else is a bonus and that for me now is where I'm at and, and the one true success for me isn't the car I drive isn't where I work isn't the flat I live in for me the true success is in the peace that I now have with myself and that for me I've had to work on over many many years um, and I have to I will work on that until the day I die um, because I don't want to get complacent I don't want to lose that inner peace um, and that is for me the, 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 the main thing that I work on as, as myself and, and that's why I'm right now I'm the happiest I've ever been but not because of the, the stuff but because of the inner peace that I found Brilliant. I accept my flaws yeah. I'm a little bit weird and wacky take it like it if you don't that's fine mm. see you later mm -hmm. I'm not changing for no one this is it. I mean, you just. It doesn't mean you've got to be disrespectful. It doesn't mm. mean you've got to be horrible. You still treat people with respect because they're not your cup of tea or anything like that. It'd still be nice. But mm. I'm me and, and I'm not going to change. That's Finally. fantastic, Sam. It's been amazing speaking to you because, like I say, super inspiring. Um, I, you know, absolutely inspiring story from start to finish. And again, I had, I, you know, I had a, a, a chance to work with you and to help. You know, just just be there around the time when you were doing your amazing stuff, and it would just been a, the, the way you would attack things, the way you think things through, you process things. You're always a student, a, a, a student of the art, of the craft of of hairdressing, stroke barbering, whatever people want to call it. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, I'm not a dog groomer, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just it's artist, it's artist. I'll give it a go. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, the, the big takeaways that I got from speaking to you today is one, because I like to do takeaways because it's important for the listeners or the viewers to watch this to understand and break down a little something. And how I see, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, because this is the takeaways. I mean, a super inspiring story. Just the actual fact that even when you're on your back, there was still a vision. And most people, when they're on their back, they turn around and look at the floor and this is where I'm going to be. But even when you're on your back, there was still a vision. That's the one takeaway. The second takeaway I got from yeah. speaking to you, Sam, was that it's almost like you have got to jump. OK, you have got to go for it. You can't overthink it and then and then and then let the, the negative thoughts go in there because they are going to stop you from jumping. And that's really key that yeah. I've, what I've got from what we spoke about today. And also just the, 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 the share kind of like, just let's get it done. I think that's just amazing. I think that's a story in itself. So it's been a super pleasure. I, I don't know if you want to just say a few last words to the listeners, to the viewers about, you know, this industry, what it has done for you and where do you see this industry going in the future? It's near future, it's a long-term future. Where do you see it? Yeah, I mean, I feel very blessed to be part of this industry and I think a lot of hairdressers, barbers do and they realise that we're actually out there making feel people look good and, and um, it is, it's, it's, we're wrapped around positivity on a daily basis because when you make someone person feel good and you, you do that for 17, 20 clients a day, 
it's a good feeling and, and I think people should concentrate on that not necessarily get caught up on the social media side of it or and just try and try and focus on on their own their, themselves as a person and, and as an individual and I think everything else will fall into place I think the industry itself is, is getting stronger I think hairdressers are up in their game in the barbering world I think barbering are now up in the game in the hairdressing world um, and I, I, one thing I really would want to push is, is for everyone just to be nice and just kind of help each other. Like, let's let's not fight each other. We're, we're, whether we, we're a hairdresser or a barber, we, we're cutting hair. And I think there's still a little bit of a divide. And I just want that to, to, to completely disappear um, and, and just realise that there, there's room for everyone. There's no competition. Just compete with yourself and, 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 and jump. Just jump. You've got to do it. You've definitely got to do it. If you, if you want to do it, and you've got to want it enough, just jump. You Don't be scared jump. of falling. Love or, or it. Love yourself. it. You've got to jump. Ah, oh, love it, Sam. Jump. It's been an absolute yeah. pleasure, man. And I just want to thank I just I just want to thank you as well, Chris, because it did actually start with you. That was the first the breakthrough was was the first going. So I do from the bottom of my heart, I will work forever um owe you one for that. And I thank you. I'm very grateful because that's where the that's where the door really opened. So I really appreciate that, Chris. You you need someone no to worries, believe man. in you. You do need someone to believe in you. Mm -hmm. and I, I, think, so thank you. I think it's the work I love doing now. Um, uh, I love transformation. I think the industry that we're in is a transformation business. And it's almost like a social media to itself because you get all these likes, you get all these endorphins instantly when you do a haircut. So it's one of the old industries that gets you so high. But my highs are now helping people and seeing you, um, seeing where, you, you know, where your career has gone. That gives me a super duper high. And this is the reasons why I do these videos and podcasts is to help hair professionals to think bigger about this industry. Because if we all think bigger, we attract more opportunities. If we, we attract more opportunities, more people, better quality people come into the industry because they see a credible place where they can earn, they can create influence and create legacy. So, you know what? That's why I love what I do this. And so, um, you know, uh, again, Sam, thank you again for giving us your time. Uh, it's been a massive pleasure and um yeah keep the faith and keep jumping thank you thank you jumping jump 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 hey guys so that was the interview with sam war i really hope you enjoyed that interview you know one of the things that would really help this podcast to grow is that if you can share it with your friends if you can like and if you can leave a review that will be amazing and it would really really help this podcast to be recognized and to rank in itunes the other thing that would really help uh for you to spread the message of this podcast because I really am so focused in helping more hair professionals become more successful in our industry. The more we are successful, the more new people coming into our industry looking to replicate that same success. Because if people see that this industry is growing and if they see success, just like Sam Wall's success, it really inspires other people. So I really hope this podcast will go a long way to helping you think differently about this industry yes you can create your own product range yes you can create lecture, uh, collections and put it in magazines yes you can write articles and columns and just be the key person of influence within the industry you have it in you all you have to do is jump get out there and go for your goals 
Okay, guys, it's your boy Chris Foster, the profile guy, helping you and inspiring you to go the extra mile to create the brand that you are waiting and hoping for. Now is the time for you to go out there and achieve your dreams. Okay, guys, until next week, see ya.